and welcome to The Final Femme. I am one of your hosts, Sydney. And I'm Jack, your other host. Hi, Jack. How are you, Sid? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing okay now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm uh, doing okay now. Okay, well, uh, this week we watched Friday the 13th, the first one. Initial thoughts? Well, it was 90 minutes. What's <laughs> 90 minutes? So I celebrated, but let me tell you, it was... Probably the longest 90 minutes of my life. Yes. It was a long 90, 95 minutes. Oh, I checked yes. because I knew I was going to have to bring that up. It was a long <laughs> 95 minutes. Like for some parts it went whoop. And then other parts you're just like, oh my God, just kill her already. Like I don't care. I, yes. It, it feels like it took forever. Yeah. We will definitely get into that more. Um, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This was directed by... Sean Cunningham it came out May 9th, 1980, kicking off the 80s strong. I, and I guess this makes this a summer blockbuster. Yeah, um, I was about to say it ruins the Christmas vibe, but... I know. They can't seem to make up their minds. Okay, so I have an interesting fact. The camp where this is filmed is a real camp in New Jersey, and it's actually still functioning. Like, they still hold summer camp there. Now, I don't want to put you on the spot, but <gasps> how the hell do you pronounce that? Because I looked at that, too. <laughs> I purposely didn't pronounce that. Let's try it together, Sid. Um, oh let me get to that part. Where? Oh, here we go. Nobi Bosco? That's how I would say it. Nobi Bosco. I don't, like I don't a, fucking know. Vladivostok? It's like a Russian city or something. People from Blairstown, New Jersey, please don't write in and add us because <laughs> I'm very sorry. Um, Can I? I will make a comment too. And they did not do themselves any favor filming this year because the camp looks like a piece of shit. <laughs> okay, well, I guess come for Jack, because he doesn't care. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. It was like a lot of pretty outdoor shots, but that camp is the old. Everything outdoors was fine, but inside, yeah. everything was stained with a brown uh, patina, you know? Maybe that's on purpose. I don't know. She old. Um, yeah. So, okay, well, we start with Mrs. Voorhees, who was played by... Betsy, Bet Betsy Palmer? By Betsy Palmer. Um, mm -hmm. Alice, who is technically our final girl, I mean, she is, she's just kind of annoying. She is. She's played by Adrian King. I'm going to run through the camp counselors really quick. So Marcy is played by Janine Taylor. Annie is played by Robbie Morgan. Annie's not in this for very long. No. Jack is played by Kevin Bacon. Um, uh -huh. And we found out this is Kevin Bacon's second role. His first one was Animal House in 1978. Bill is played by Harry Crosby. Brenda is played by Lori Bartram. And annoying ned is played by oh. mark nelson oh my god this and then guy. peter brower plays uh steve i don't think we really need to get into the rest of them no we can mention them as we go but those are the main people in the in the movie the main people so this was written by victor miller and ron kurz i think Betsy palmer was the big star when they made this because she was like a theater actor for a long time so she was the most recognizable okay okay to say I don't recognize anyone but um, Kevin Bacon, but obviously, yeah. as we found out, he, he's kind of a newbie to the movies at that point. Of a noob. Um, okay, noob. so I'm gonna I'm gonna read the storyline. By the way, um, all the facts I'm getting are from the IMDb page. So if one of them is wrong, please go yell at IMDb and not me. Quick disclaimer: Jack and I are obviously not in the film industry, and we swear. So, and we're also gonna spoil the plot. So if any of that's a problem, please come back and listen later after you've watched it. Storyline. Um, in 1957, a young boy named Jason drowns in a lake near Camp Crystal Lake. I think he drowns in the... Whatever. 
The next year, two counselors are murdered. In 1980, a descendant of the original owner reopens Camp Crystal Lake with some counselor's help. The counselors get killed one by one by a mysterious person. Could it be Jason out for revenge? We don't know until the end. That I did appreciate that. They really don't show you the killer until like the last no. 13 minutes. Very mysterious like. killer. Okay, so the only tagline I could find, um, it says it's a UK theatrical tagline, but we'll go with it. It says, on Friday the 13th, they began to die horribly. One by one. Pretty lame. <laughs> That's all they gave me. It's pretty lame. There, I, I clicked on, there are like a couple more, but I. I... That's all I could find on the website, I guess I should say. Yeah, there, there was one, uh, Fridays will never be the same again. I think that was my favorite. All the other ones are oh, pretty. Oh, I kind of like that. Pretty dumb, yeah. Yeah. So, I like that one. Fridays will never be the same again. It sounds like a song by The Cure. <laughs> That's actually. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. Okay. Oh, also, this movie was almost called A Long Night at Camp Blood. That was an alternative title they were considering, which is pretty fun. Imagine when they come out with a 13th one of this, and it's like the same. Like, how are they going to? Yeah. Friday the 13th is a much long night. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It continues to be a long night. It's been a long night for a long time. You know, you just keep going. It's been a long night. Yes. Yes. Uh, So the. Production company that put this on was Paramount Pictures back in the day. Um, the estimated budget for this was five hundred and fifty thousand. It shows. <laughs> but opening weekend, it did in uh, the U.S. and Canada. It did five million eight hundred sixteen dollars and three hundred and twenty-one. Say that weird. Um, and then dang. Oh, and the gross worldwide was thirty-nine million seven hundred eighty-six thousand eight hundred and ninety-two dollars. So she made her money back. Yeah, and again, yeah. here's the trend. It, if it mm-hmm. makes a ton of money, we're going to milk this train until it falls off the track, basically. <laughs> well, I saw a thing with the, um, I think the producers or the writers who were like, yeah, it was never supposed to be a series. Jason was just like a plot device, which is funny. You know, it would have been funny if it ended there. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't. I know. Yes. Before we get into the plot because i really want to talk about this um we do need to talk about something serious yeah we um, got our own Jack- horror movie on our hands here it's I, i'm gonna call in a priest or an exorcist or something we're well, having problems we know that doesn't work okay so <laughs> so philip uh, our ex-producer he um mm. well i mean what we heard what was reported on the autopsy is that he was stung by bees skewered by a stick he so was sad. he was hit in the head by a shovel he mm. but what, what really did him in is he drowned mm. in beer so horrible because I mean, we've heard that's a cure-all so you would think he'd be okay well, I, but i mean it's a cure-all unless it's filling your lungs i guess i don't know <laughs> up to a point it helps you out but you can't breathe this stuff so psa no, for everyone out there do not yeah please breathe don't. beer Please don't breathe beer. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> don't do inhalants, kids. Yeah, especially not beer. Um, but, but, oh, tragically passed Philip, but we have a new producer named Walt. Please welcome Walt. How's it going, everybody? Hi, Walt. It's, it's going good, Walt. Right, you sound very excited to be here. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I don't think any painful things will befell me. Uh, nothing kills old Walt. 
it sounds like Walt well, has been alive for a long time, so I think we'll be okay yes. with this one. We love that enthusiasm, Walt. Welcome. Yes, yes. With that, um, we're happy to have Walt. I think we should get into the movie. Sure, 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 sure. Starts off in 1958. With, uh, well, I was just gonna say, going back a long time. Yes, yes, going back. We left the 2010s, and now we're going back to 1958 to bounce up to 1980. So we're yeah, just kind of all everywhere. Over. Right. All over. Yes. Okay. So it's nighttime. We're opening on Camp Crystal Lake, 1958. We zoom into a bunch of counselors with campers singing in the lodge some orky ass song to the guitar. I don't know yeah. what song it was. They're singing like Hallelujah. They sing Hallelujah. I know that was one of the songs. Which oh, now I feel bad. Sorry. No, no, no. It was a great song. The best part is when that song ended. (laughs) Also, that lady wasn't playing the guitar either. So I want to point that out. She's just like dreamy-eyed, staring at her boy toy across the way, and just like lackadaisically strumming the strings. She wasn't doing shit. That's not how you professionally. That's how I professionally play it. That's how you professionally play it. Mm-hmm. I think that's you mind playing instruments in a movie. Mm-hmm. She did a good job there. I do an excellent air guitar, so I don't know what you're talking about. No one can tell. No one can tell. The notes that you don't hit. Yeah, exactly. That's right. I'm perfect every time. <laughs> okay. So we see the counselors. They're inside singing to the kids. And then we flash to someone's point of view. We can't see who it is. And they are outside and they go into cabin at night, like full of sleeping kids they don't do anything to them but they just kind of creepily walk around and that's when we first hear our famous the <laughs> I, I wrote this down you hate this oh it's so stupid oh it is corny but so when i first heard this i mean i've, I've heard mm-hmm. that before it's yeah you know but it's Mom. it's so overused in this movie it is it's, i think the person I, I looked up this guy's name because I was like, you know, good job with the music. Harry Manfredini. I'm probably not okay. saying that right. But I was like, good job, Mr. Harry. Uh, but Mr. he was Harry. a little bit too... <laughs> he was a little bit too proud of this. Because he just used it everywhere in the movie. See? It's catchy. <laughs> it's super catchy. Yeah, so we're getting this, you know, this is like the music of the... You know what? Kind of tying into the breathy thing we always talk about with these killers is 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 that the killer doing that? Is that his voice? You just imagine him walking around at night, going like <laughs> to himself, and, and no one wakes up and hears that. Like, shut the fuck up, God! Going to sleep. Put your CPAP machine on, God damn it! Stupid dick, shut up. So he is. Walking around, singing to himself, and then we flash back over to the counselors and the kids. Mm-hmm. The song finishes. Thank God. And Claudette, who was air playing the guitar, as Jack pointed out, yes, gets up, and her little man Barry follows her. Little man. <sighs> Claudette and Barry. So they sneak away to make out, essentially. Yeah, I I wrote down two kumbayas. Oh my God, two <laughs> kumbayas go off to bang. That's what I put in my notes there. Right, because like. 
they go to make out. He's kind of a little weasel. And then he says like two really corny lines. And she's like, nice. I got this blanket. Like, let's bang it out. No big deal. Ew. <laughs> then we flash over to our killer's point of view as they slowly start to climb the stairs. And we can just see legs, entangled legs of Claudette and Barry. And they're like, oh, my God, somebody's here. Steamy. Yeah. <laughs> Steamy. <laughs> um, and then Barry gets up to defend Claudette. And I think he gets a knife in the tummy. Um, which didn't look like it felt good. No, he was affected by that. He was affected. He was injured. And then Claudette screams and we assume she gets killed somehow. We don't really see it. It's like a weird freeze frame on her face. Yeah. Um, but also, okay. They should have done a GoFundMe for this fucking movie and raised some money <laughs> to buy some lighting. Because Jesus fucking Christ. Mm. I couldn't see anything. It was so was dark bad. in this. Yeah. Half the time it was I, really bad. Yeah, I didn't know who, what character we were supposed to be looking at. Yeah. Well, lucky for you, I wrote them all down. So, oh, yay, yay. One thing I will say. Uh, so, on yeah. top of the, you know, that corny music. Um, this music is weird and whimsical. It's a combination of like horror elements. So you get screeching violins, but then it's like Looney Tunes orchestration. It's really weird. Yeah. Oh, the banjo part. Yeah. Oh my god. I came out of nowhere, but overall, like, <laughs> it's just a lot of like string instruments, some playing normal yeah. stuff. And then others are just like, you know, like the typical just, horse just stuff. there. Um, yeah. So that was our opening scene. And then we get the credits, the Friday the 13th, which was pretty cool. Actually, it like was like a 3D yeah. representation of Friday the 13th. And it just comes straight at your face and smashes the glass. That's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. That was neat. Um, okay, so I at this point I stopped it to look up the the. <laughs> We're never gonna uh, stop doing this. I can't not do it. Um, apparently, I've seen a couple different sources, but the one that most people seem to agree on is it's supposed to be saying "kill, kill, kill, mom, mom, mom." Oh my god! Like that's it's supposed to be Jason's voice in our killer's head saying "kill, kill, kill, mom, mom, mom." Now I now I, hate I don't it. fucking know. I hate it. It just sounds like he wants to do the cha-cha, but that's me. Yeah. Cha-cha, real smooth now, y'all. He's starting the cha-cha, and then someone laughs. <laughs> that's what it's Fucking old. stupid. We're <laughs> quitting the podcast. This is dumb. Oh, okay. That's what did it in? All right. <laughs> so, now we have cut to Friday the 13th. It's June, um, and it is, quote, present day, which means 1980, apparently. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Annie, who is played by Robbie Morgan... Is just kind of strolling through this small town with a big old pack on her back, just oodling along. She stops to talk to a dog to ask it if she's going the right way to Camp Crystal Lake, which, ma'am, maybe you shouldn't be in charge of wrangling children. I don't know. Dude, I wrote down this this dialogue. Um, <laughs> She says, hey, girl. Oh, I mean, you're a boy. So she looks at the dog's <laughs> dick. Find that out. <laughs> and then she says, do you speak English? Oh. And she's like, ha, ha, okay. Pats it on the head and then just walks away. It's like. This chick is on laughing gas. She is very smiley. Like, she is having a great time. Something's wrong with her. Well, she, well, we don't see her for too long, so. Well, yeah. But, I mean, like, she's just way too happy and trusting. <laughs> well. Um, that Maybe that says something about me, <laughs> if I'm saying that. But um, I just got weird vibes from her. I was going to say, this movie turns into a PSA for not to hitchhike. Ab oh, absolutely. But I guess well, the 70s was like the 
the time of the hitchhikers. Um, and then yeah, it was a... they kept getting killed. So you think at this point, like in the 80s, they would have said, like, do not. Well, I guess maybe this is a PSA, but don't it's do like it. like May 9th, 1980. So they just got started. There's a ton of murders, though, in the 1970s from hitchhikers. Yep. Well. Anyways, so Happy Dappy Annie goes into a diner to ask for directions to Camp Crystal Lake. And the town, like, if this movie had, like, a... a I don't know. It was more of a comedy bent. You would almost hear like a record scratch because everyone stops and turns to stare at her like, oh, Camp Crystal Lake. I love that you bring this up because because we have a we have a a, a brilliant track record of of having a thorough point through all of our, our movies. So in Tucker and Dale, mm. they go to this there, you know, Tucker and Dale are buying their supplies in the store and the college kids yeah. show up and like everyone's look at them like. These kids don't belong here. They're like just giving them the evil eye, and hmm. that kind of got the impression. Well, you know, I got the got the same feeling from this because little old Annie's like, "Oh gee, where can someone tell me where Camp Crystal is?" And then like everyone's like, as you say, record scratch, and it's like, "You mean yeah. Camp Blood?" And you know, Camp Blood. They're all like, "Don't go up <laughs> there. Don't go down that road." Mm-hmm. So similar vibes. Yes. From Tucker and Dale. That's very you. You know what? You're right. I love how we keep uh, definitely on purpose doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they tell her, "Well, it's about 20 miles. That you still got to keep walking." I have no idea how long she has been walking. She's just where did she come from? Right. Where the fuck did Annie come from? Has it just been multiple hitchhiking like episodes, and she finally just gets dropped off in whatever uh, this town is? Annie, I don't know. Noble Sikiak or whatever the fucking <laughs> name of the I... camp is. So they tell her, I don't know, it's 20 miles to keep going. Um, mm-hmm. And the diner lady is essentially like, like Enos, E-N-O-S was the truck driver's name. Yeah, that's a great name. You know, she's like, hey, you know, take her at least halfway. He was going in that direction. Also, he's just he's just hanging out. And she's like, you know, take out. her. Did, did he want to go do that? Take her up there? Right. I don't know. Why do you only got to go halfway? So she gets in the truck with him. Um, but before that happens, she and Enos mm-hmm. are walking along, and crazy Ralph just ups out of the shadows. <laughs> He's like, don't go up there. You're going to die up there. And his name is Crazy Ralph. Yes, in the fucking movie, it is labeled as Crazy Ralph. Yeah, so he's like, it has a death's curse, and he's like, don't go up there. But, you know, he's, curse. he's the town eccentric. I just love that every time after he shouts in someone's face about the camp being a death curse, he like gets on his little bicycle and then turns to stare at them as he pedals away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking Ralph. <laughs> oh. But uh, it's ironic because Enos, or whatever his name is, is like, don't listen to that crazy fool. But have you had the, heard the rumors? And he's like saying exactly what Ralph's saying, yeah. just more coherently. Don't listen to him, but also quit. <laughs> I gotta say something. There's another. There's a creepy moment here. Okay. So Enos is like he has like he has like this like fuel tanker oh, trucks truck. So it's like this a, moment. You know you know what I'm about to say. I know what you're gonna say. Let's say it to get no that won't work. Um, <laughs> so it's like a really tall truck. So he says, uh-huh. "Get up on in there, girl," and she like starts to get up, and he just like basically gets a handful of Annie ass as he put he boosts her up into the truck and it's like, like oh my god full palms it he's not trying to like gently help her he grabs her ass with both hands to ooh i'm just hoping you up like stop it you're a creep Ugh. So, what's wrong with people gross so he drives her along he's essentially like well i why are you working up there like haven't you heard the rumors the murders and she's like what are you talking about 
He tells her about camp counselors that were killed in 1958, but we also hear about, for the first time, a little boy who drowned in 1957, which is our first little all-out to Jason, although we don't know it mm-hmm. yet. Right. And then he's pretty much like, quit. Just quit. She's like, no. Just quit and get out of here. <laughs> it's a dream, and I just, brr, I love it there. And the dialogue in here is so corny, and he's like, you kids are dumb, and she's like, well, at least I'm not afraid of ghosts. Like, oh, okay. I mean, True. I mean, all right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so it's just uh, dumb. This is the weirdest scene because yes. he immediately hates her and she's just like, well, gee, Willie. And she's like, it's like, what is this dialogue? Like, it's so weird. He's getting all pissed off at her because she wants to go work at a camp. And she's like, stop being a stubborn old guy that doesn't like, you know, ghosts, mad, basically. Mad. Or you believe in ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's not because she thinks they're having fun banter. And she's like, ah, and he's he's like will punch you in the face if you don't quit this <laughs> camp. They should offer her a job in the town. That would help yeah. her prospects. Because the way she says, oh, I can't do that. It's like she's desperate for a job or something. Oof. Like this, Her life depends on her getting this job. It's a lot. So drops her off at the cemetery because apparently that's 10 miles. Good landmark. And then she just keeps walking. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, like Jack mentioned, we hit a real mm-hmm. banger with the music and we hit some dueling banjos (laughs) yeah exactly and it is so loud yeah it is it's pretty bad and then we see a a beat-up truck which has okay it's got three of our camp counselors we have marcy cunningham who's played by janine taylor who is making out with jack burl who is played by a very young kevin bacon and ned rubenstein stein stein played by mark nelson i fucking hate ned my god he is he's like He's trash. He is Randy, Billy, and Stu from Scream. Rolled into a joint of a person and smoked. That's what he is. Chad? Chad from Tucker Dale. That is pretty serious, though. This guy's a fucking idiot. I hate this guy. Anyway. Anyways. Luckily, we don't get to have to deal with him very long, so. I know. I was happy when he died, so. Um, so we essentially are just getting introduced to our camp counselors. So um, the banjo music keeps going. They make dumb banter that doesn't really go anywhere. They pull into the camp and they meet Steve Christie, who's played by Peter Brower. Um, and he is our, I think he's the new camp owner, but that's not really mm-hmm. clear until like halfway through the movie. Yeah, I think the truck driver says something about Steve Christie and like he's something oh, just, about he owns it now and he, he sunk 25 grand into this venture or whatever. I, I but oh well i just don't pay attention apparently sorry everybody okay well just kidding i guess we knew from the top okay. oh we also he's chopping a stump he's he's chopping some wood in some he's chopping the stump yeah gnarly jean cut off denims oh. uh a bandana some glasses and some big old hiking boots cool it's a look a terrible mustache oh it's awful <laughs> it's foul it's pretty yeah it's pretty nasty it's of its time. Um, and then we also meet Alice Hardy, who was our final girl, and she's played by Adrian King. And then they just kind of like introductions, get to know each other a little bit. They start helping to the counselors start getting the camp ready for the campers who will be there in two weeks. Yeah. Steve is kind of a dick, too, because he's like, he is. Before the introductions, he's like, help me with this stomp. So they all like push it over. <laughs> and I had to rewind this part like three times because he's like, hi, I'm Steve. And then they're like, I'm Jack, I'm, 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 you know, I'm Jack, I'm Marcy, I'm Ned. And, like, it's, it happens in, like, two seconds. So I had to, like, keep going back to, like, make sure I got straight who who was who in that scene. Um, 
I again, that's why I kind of like renting the movies on Amazon because it pops up with the random trivia and it always has the if you hover over it, it has like the actor names and the character names. And that helps me because otherwise, especially in movies like this where there's so many people at the beginning, I get confused, too. These movies back in like the 70s, 80s did not give a shit if the viewers knew who was who. No, not at all. They're like, it doesn't matter what their name is. The The point is they have a body full of blood and it's going to get spilled on the ground somewhere. Much. That's all they care about. They're getting the camp ready. And Steve asks Alice. And again, I didn't realize he was the director at this point. I thought he was just another like senior counselor. So that makes this interaction even fucking creepier. Because Alice is like, I don't know if she's hammering nails into the gutter or... She's more hammering her fingers. She, is... she does not know how to hold a fucking hammer. She's like like doing it upside down, like sideways. She, she eventually gets the nails fingers. in, but Jesus Christ. She's not great at it, but she is up on the ladder, at least attempting. And Steve mm-hmm. is just flipping through her sketchbook like, oh, these are really good. And he's like, also, you're really pretty. And oh, that's her boss. That's her literal adult man boss. Gross. So the way they were talking, I thought they were like romantically involved, but I'm guessing too. from your okay, okay, but they're but, not. Steve is just hitting on her in a creepy way. That's watched the whole thing. That was kind of more of my impression was that he okay. was just being a creep because he's like, I don't know if I want to stay, and he's like, just stay the week, and she's like, okay, and then he like lingeringly touches her face, then walks away. Ew! Don't touch my fucking face, man. That's gross. You're my boss. I never touched my face. Oh, okay. Well, besides that part. <laughs> right, I got really fired up. <laughs> Started yelling about touching Yeah, my you're face. flush. Flush in the face. Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, I also got sunburned today because I was an idiot and took a walk without sunscreen. Yeah. The moral of the story, don't take walks. Don't well, the moral of the story is put your damn sunscreen on. <laughs> don't be like me. Uh, Steve leaves. He fucks off to town. And then but, we yeah, start. He, like... I'm sorry, Sid. I was just going to say that, like, in this whole, it's like the exposition dump of the century because he's like, where's Bill and where's Brenda? And, like, he's saying all these names and, like, oh, they're painting. And and he's trying to say, he's trying to get control and, like, tell people what to do, give them tasks so that this place can be opened in time. Um, And so eventually Alice goes and finds Bill. Now, when we first meet Bill, he's painting. He's painting something. Mm -hmm. What did you think of his look? I wasn't I wasn't really paying attention. Okay, well, he wears jeans with suspenders with no shirt on. Oh, he did, what didn't he? What the hell is that? Oh, the 80s. <laughs> 80s was a bad time for fashion. Oh, it was. Not great. Must have blocked that out. I also noted, yeah, well, maybe that was for the better because <laughs> it was pretty scarring. So I was just like, oh, Bill, you know, hey, how's it going? Steve wants you to do this. And then... I noticed this when she started walking, but everyone in the movie does this. They walk really floppy. Yeah. Their arms are just like swinging all over the place. Like, I, and like bounce, they're just bouncing around. Like, I don't, I don't know if that was the direction. Like a cartoon character. Like the Looney Tunes music. Yes. Yes. Looney Tunes music. Um, so after we meet Bill and her horrendous outfit choices, Steve fucks off to town and we meet Brenda, who is played by Lori Bartram. Um, she's setting up the archery section and fucking Ned, class clown, dumbass Ned. She has just set up a target with like a bale of hay, barely steps to the side and he fires an arrow barely where she was just standing and she's justifiably pissed. And he's like, oh, you want to see my other trick shots? And for some reason that charms her and they run off giggling together. Like, no, Ned, I don't. 
Don't talk to me. Brenda, let's just say Brenda in the 90s would have been attracted to Billy. Eck. <laughs> what? Yes, Sid? Eck. <laughs> yeah? That was episodes ago. Are we going to fight again? Because we just became friends again, so I don't want to. Oh, we did? I wasn't <laughs> aware of the status, so maybe I should stop fucking it up and keep this relationship on track. Does that mean you thought we weren't friends this whole time or you thought we were friends this whole time? I asked at the end of Tucker and Dale and I did not get a definitive answer. So. Mm, I do like to keep you on your toes. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing the same thing to you now. Okay, mm, we'll see where we stand at the end of this movie. All right, so our shaky relationship aside, uh, after that, we go back to Annie, who is just bumbling along, do-do-do, walking along the road, smiley Annie. She gets picked up by a driver of a Jeep, but we don't see who it is. We just see her perspective, and oh, she is okay. walking. Okay. Yes. This is like Annie in Wonderland. She's like seeing caterpillars smoking hookahs and shit. Like, I swear to God, she is high on something. But she just, she said, you know, does the old thumb thing, the old hitchhiker move. Oh, Car stops. Thing. Yeah. She just, she doesn't even ask. She just throws her bag in the back of the Jeep and then just gets in like, okay, well, I'm going to Camp Crystal Lake. And the person doesn't even say anything who, who picks her up. Yeah, no, that seems safe. I would definitely get in someone's car like that. So she's in the car. She's talking to this person that we can't see. And then they miss the turn to Camp Crystal Lake. Mm-hmm. And at first she's like, hey, um, you missed their turn. Can you can you just go back? And instead of slowing down, the driver that we still don't see speeds up. And so we see the first flicker of uh, self-preservation of fear enter her eyes. And then she's like, hey, um, I just just pull over. I'll just get out. And the driver speeds up a little more. And so she finally flings herself from the Jeep. Um, and then she's like, she's hurt her leg. So she starts hobbling off into the woods, but the driver has backed up and is coming after her mm-hmm. slowly. And she's just kind of crashing through the woods like a little buffalo. Cause I mean, she's also hurt. So I get it. It's hard to be quiet, but she's going through the woods. You think she gets away. And then she kind of looks up and we see, we don't see, we see her look up and then we see it, something cut across her throat and then she bleeds out. So Annie yeah. is no more. She, her trip turned bad. We'll just say she that. did not get to realize her dream of being a chef to children. I hope Sad. that's not your dream. It's not, I hope that's no one's dream. Well, it's not my dream. Let's say that. I thought that was a very anticlimactic death, too, because she's, you know, it's, she's getting followed. It's okay. It's ramping up mm-hmm. attention. And then, and then it's like, other than like the gore part of like seeing her throat slit, which is, I yeah. always hate seeing that. That's, oh, God, I hate yeah. that. But she's just like, She's not reacting like it hurt a bunch. She's just kind of no. like, ah. It's just kind of like, oh, no, ow. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> she, yeah, she she was accepting of her death, I think. Golly, gee, she was. Uh, yeah, she was very peaceful when she went. Maybe it was all the laughing gas. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, I think, as I said earlier, this movie is a very good PSA to not hitchhike. Don't hitchhike. Don't hitchhike. It's a bad idea. Don't hitchhike. Don't do it. So then we cut over to the counselors who are just doodling around, swimming in the lake, hanging out on the dock. They're putting um, a dock together. They're fixing they're the lake. Dock together. Yeah, they're fixing like, it up. They're like pulling yeah. pieces of a wooden docks together and tying them. But in under the guise of like work, they're actually just fucking around. They're and just swimming. hanging around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ned continues to be an obnoxious ass to Brenda. I have written in my notes. Mm-hmm. And then he pretends to drown. So. Not one, oh, but all gosh. the counselors run in to save him. They take the boat out for one adult man. They pull him onto the dock. 
and Brenda is about to give him CPR, and he uses that opportunity to make out with her. Yes. So cool. that was probably the most impressive, like, emergency response from a team of teens I've seen. Oh they were like, It was go, ridiculous. Go. It was like a military action, like, evacuation, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, it. And then, of course, fucking dipshit Ned. I just said, mm-hmm. Ned fakes drowning so they can, so he can kiss one of the girls. What a fucking douche. Also, it's- what if Mr. Kevin Bacon would have been the one doing the mouth to mouth? Would he have been so. Uh, no, I still don't like that shit. Don't joke around with that. Like, no, I'm just saying. I, I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm sorry, Sid, but I'm just saying. Like, it'd be funny if Ned's dumbass plan backfired and it, he was just kissing a guy. Oh, I see what you're saying. I thought you were saying if Kevin Bacon had been the actor to pretend to be dead, would I have found it exciting instead of douchey? Got it. No, if he had made out with Kevin Bacon, that would have been hilarious. Because um, yeah, it's like Ned. Fuck you. Um, yes. During this time, when they're. When they're doing all this, we get the freaking creep cam POV from the killer, like, looking at them. Yeah, it was just watching them. Yeah. Also, Brenda, like, giggles. The way I would have slapped Ned right in the face immediately, like, absolutely not. What is wrong with you? His face would have been on the backside of his head. Yeah, he would have needed medical attention (laughs) after that. (laughs) Don't do that shit. What a douchebag. I hate Ned. He's such a douche. What a douche. Uh, yes. Okay, so then we cut over to Alice, who's just chilling in her cabin with her bathrobe. And then she finds a huge black snake. Like, I don't know what kind of snake that was, but that thing was gigantic. It is banging. Yeah, she found a snake in her cabin. And so she hollers out her cabin door for Bill, who was played by Harry Crosby. And then suddenly, again, just like the drowning, all the counselors are in her cabin to help her defeat the snake. And... They eventually find it, and then Bill doesn't know how to kill a snake, apparently, because he just starts hacking it to pieces with the machete by the tail end instead of just cutting off the head like you're supposed to. Okay, okay. So (laughs) Alice just screams for Bill, and then Bill comes in with the machete like like he's about to do something, and he's like, what do I do? In the most robotic (laughs) tone I've ever heard. (laughs) stupid. What do I do? And she's like, I don't know, kill it. Very stupid. Bill, Bill. Bill's kind of... Yeah, he, he's he's, he's got a, he's, he's a little dumb. He's got some Ned traits, but he's also got some like uh, Jack traits. Like he he's a leader, but also like in certain times he doesn't know what to do. And that was one of those cases where it's just like, dude, just chop the damn thing. Now right. I say and that, but get I'd it behind be, the head. Right, I'd probably be shitting my pants too if that happened. But like, yeah, but I don't know. I oh. mean, like I've never had to kill a snake, but mm. I've read enough. Laura Ingalls Wilder, little girl on the prairie books, to know you cut it off behind the head. Sure. Come on, brawl. That's where it matters. Now, I will That's say that, like, the, the whole group comes in, and they're trying to help. They're not helping. Jack jumps no, on the bed. No, He's jumping on the bed. They're knocking over shit. They're, they're trying to kill with <laughs> pillows. They're just trashing her cabin. I know, it, it, like, these are going to be the counselors that are going to be watching over the kids. <laughs> okay, we're going to have another Jason right. situation on our hand here. Another kid drowning. It's not great. So they do eventually figure it out, kill the snake, and then they go outside, and Ned is being a prick. He has put a full headdress on his head. He's wearing only his underwear, and he's running around screaming, yelling out um, what I can only assume he thinks are Native American chants, but he just sounds mm-hmm. like a screaming idiot. Oh, my God. I was waiting for that. Because he is a screaming idiot. So as he's doing this, we get an, a police officer just rolls up on a motorcycle. Yes. 
and he's just like, well, what he's doing is looking for Ralph, mm-hmm. uh, which is the town crazy, which is what they all call him. Crazy um, Ralph. But and then, but I would say the police officer is just as weird as Ralph. He's weird. He's a weird dude. He does not like the teens. He accuses them all of uh, being high, and he has like fifty different names for marijuana, which Oak I thought smot. was funny. Yeah, he was. He was California gold or Colombian gold. <laughs> But I love that he just comes up when Ned's doing his fucking cultural <laughs> appropriation dance, and oh, he just awful. tells him to shut up. He's like, "Shut the fuck up!" And Ned's like, "Shut oh. the fuck up!" It's like someone mm-hmm. needed to fucking say that to him. Yeah, I think at this point, when they're just kind of fucking with the cop, I wrote down, "I can't wait till all these kids get murdered." Like, I can't. <laughs> they're starting to deserve it now. Get on my nerves. Yeah. So, and then the police officer gets a radio, and it's like, "We need you back at the office." And so yeah. he does. Probably the he like goes down the road and it's a dead end. It's like the lake is right there. He does the lamest motorcycle turnaround. He doesn't even he doesn't even like peel out. He just like barely turns and then he kind of revs it. It's it's the lamest thing I've ever seen on a motorcycle. Yeah, it's it's pretty epic. <laughs> so after he leaves, Alice goes into the kitchen. She starts cooking dinner and she opens the pantry and Crazy Ralph steps out and he. To her credit, she, like, didn't scream. She just kind of gassed and backed up. But he's essentially getting in her face, like, oh, this is a death curse on the camp. You're all going to die. You're doomed if you stay. And then they all come into the room and essentially tell Ralph to fuck off. Right. And my question to Ralph is, okay, if this camp is this fucking haunted and this shit's going on, why are you there? Why did you come up to the camp if you're so scared of it? Also. Right. There's so many holes in this, I might as well be Mrs. Voorhees. Oops. Spoiler. Spoiler. Because at the beginning of this movie, we establish that the camp is 20 miles away from that fucking store. So that means Ralph rode his shitty, rusty piece of shit bike all the way to the camp, 20 miles, to tell them, and then he, it's on a gravel road too, and this is not like a bike that could handle this. And then he rides all the way back to town. He's powered by alcohol. Oh. Mm-hmm. Powerful motivator. Oh. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know what? Now it all makes sense. <laughs> Take it all back. Yes, so they all essentially tell him to leave, so Ralph gets on his little bike, as Jack mentioned, kind of does the look back again. I'm sorry. I, I'm gonna, I should have said this at the top. Oh, yes? Sid, have you ever gone to camp? Uh, Yes. Oh. And? I went to, let's see, I went to theater camp where I made a lot of friends. I went to church camp where everyone was really oh. mean to me. I hated it. And I went to oh. smart kid camp, which is where we stayed at a college for like a week and took classes and then got to do a lot of cool field trips. You Wow, you've had some camp experience. So does any of yeah. this ring true? Any of what you're seeing in this movie? I mean. I did a kid drown. Were there counselors having sex? Did you notice that? Or. Any of that At stuff? The church camp? Uh, was there a helicopter mom coming by to check on her kid every 20 minutes? No. No, unfortunately. I'd say church camp probably came the closest, which, you know, <laughs> that's where everyone was the meanest, too. Like, everyone was terrible to me at church camp. Now, Jesus says accept everyone, but fuck you. Apparently not. Yeah, I don't think so. Not me. <laughs> You're just mean. That's a good insight to have. Did you go to camp? Uh, I, I did like Did the, you go to camp, Jack? The Cub Scouts. Like me and my dad, I, I don't know if that's, like, that's kind of camp. We okay. did, so we did Cub Scouts, and I went with my dad, and that was fun. And 
But by the end of it, I'm like, I was sick of all the kids and their dumb fucking dads. I'm so my, I told my dad, I'm like, let's just go camping. Like we used to do that before. I'm like, let's just do this. Like it was so much better than having this whole group of shitheads with us. That's kind of sweet though. Um, I went to a day camp once too, like for a week or something. And I got like an award in archery. So, so you were Ned. Uh, no, (laughs) no, but I would be able to shoot Ned. That would have been entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like his, yeah, that would have been actually been entertaining. Like Brenda just shoots the arrow through his head and we're done with Ned. I'm saying she should have at least shot him in the foot or something like that. Yeah. Just fuck off. He deserved Ned. it. He did. Anyway, good to know. Good All to right. Know. So camp aside. Yeah. <laughs> Where was I? Oh, they start cooking and then the power goes out. So Kevin Bacon goes to find the backup generator to turn the power on. And then he and Marcy kind of fuck off and go off on their own to start making out. Hooray. Hold on. They're dancing then, on logs. Well, okay. Yeah. But it was pointless. So I just skipped to the make out part. You want to get to that? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Young Kevin Bacon's not bad to look at. Yeah, he's a pretty nice looking guy. But Ned is also in the background kind of creeping on them. He's third wheeling. Yeah. God, he's such a creep. Best part of the movie. He he sees some someone going to a cabin. He's like, oh, he goes to investigate that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, goes to yeah. investigate, which is his doom because he's dumb. Yes. So then we go back to Jack and Marcy who make out some more. And then um, they get to talking because it starts storming. And Marcy reminds all of us why telling somebody your dream is a lot <laughs> more boring than when you have the dream. Your dreams are never as exciting when you're explaining them to someone else. You just kind of sound stupid. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, blood rain I sounds pretty terrifying. I also want to go back like Jack Mm -hmm. Kevin Bacon's dialogue in this movie is the weirdest shit ever for I don't know (laughs) if he's supposed to be like 20 or something but he says word for word the storm is gonna tear down this valley like a son of a gun it's like what are you talking about dude I got the impression he's just supposed to be like Midwest kid oh I'm offended (laughs) you don't say tear it down like a son of a gun no (laughs) maybe you should start this movie was a son of a gun just tearing, we're tearing at a new asshole right now. Yes. So Marcy tells us a little bit about her dream that she's had a reoccurring dream of like, it's thundering, lightning, raining, and then it gets so loud she covers her ears and then the rain turns to blood essentially and she wakes up. Boo-hoo. Thanks, Marcy. Yeah. That that was, thanks. Woo. So then a storm actually does come up. So it is, they um, run into an abandoned cabin and continue to make out. And there's. It's a lot of making out. It's a lot of kissing noises that, like, mm, it's too much. Like, I get it. You're making out. We're good. Well, you know. It's funny because, like, I feel like this movie had, like, the, the sound effects were terrible in this movie. They they, <laughs> they were never loud enough to match the whatever was supposed to be. They were trying to match the, you know, the scene. Uh, and mm-hmm. the motorcycle sounds like when the police officers were driving away, it sounded like a fucking lawnmower. It's like, <laughs> like, it did not sound like a motorcycle. So the fact that they really got that making out down. You know, oh, kudos, they like kudos to them. They turn the dial up, but like, I don't need to hear it. <laughs> Just you're kissing. Let's turn that sound off. Let's play some cheesy music. I don't need to hear your. You know, like that lip smacking. Ew. All right. Ugh. Oh, it's so spe. No. Okay. Anyways, let's move on. <laughs> We're gonna move on to the best scene. Well, okay, I won't say that, but Bill. Yes. Can play the guitar. Well, I mean. We're oh, not, we're okay. Not sure. He was actually playing. No, we're not sure about that. I don't think he was, but oh, okay. I would let Bill serenade me any day with that classic guitar tune he was playing. That was beautiful. Sid, what's wrong <laughs> with your face? <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> All right. Fair enough. What? You didn't like that song? No, there's nothing wrong with the song. I just wouldn't let dopey ass Bill serenade me. <sighs> okay. He's fine. It was good. It was good. But whatever. He, yes, his guitar playing was good. I was intrigued. <laughs> so after Bill's beautiful music, as Jack pointed out, <laughs> um, Brenda decides that they should play Strip Monopoly. What the fuck is that? Which, as one does, <laughs> sure. Storming out, whatever. Even that, you can't make Monopoly interesting. <laughs> also, I don't really understand the rules as they kind of start playing it. It's like, what? So if you land on someone's property, that's when you start? You, I you think would... so. Instead of, like, paying them, I think you just had to take off a piece of clothing. The game would be over in, like, ten minutes. Well, yeah, apparently they're really slow players. Okay, well. <laughs> uh, so we kind of start doing the thing we've seen in other movies where we bounce back and forth between Jack and Marcy and then back to Bill, Alice, and Brenda, like... Mm -hmm. Jack and Marcy Bone, which, again, as we've talked about, is a big no-no in horror movies, especially in the 80s. That was also unnecessarily long. Yes. That was that was too long. As she was getting, was she was getting baconed. We didn't need to see that as long as we did. That was a lot. <laughs> did you just say bacon? <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> you like it? She was getting uh, forked? Is that better? Oh, God, No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we need to move on. That's terrible. So, with a side of eggs. With a side of eggs. Ew. Ew. <laughs> I apologize for that one. You know, Walt, <laughs> sometimes we don't need your commentary, but please, I mean, feel, feel free to chime in. <laughs> oh, Lord in heaven. Okay. I'm sorry, Walt. Anyways, don't leave us. Please don't leave, Walt. We've had such a bad stream. Artists, really. Really oh. paint the tears that are coming out of my mouth right now. <laughs> my eyes, not my mouth. That's weird. Wait a second. He is so old, his eyes have drooped down to the level of his mouth. I don't have much tears. moisture left. Tears coming out of my mouth. I mean, my eyes. <laughs> oh my what God. Fuck? I'll be quiet from now on. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, Walt shit. sticks Where around forever. Holy crap. I, I do too. That was great. Um, okay. So while Marcy is getting baconed, as Jack so eloquently put it. Beautiful. But we pan up and see Ned on the bunk bed above them with his throat cut, like just dead fisheye looking at the ceiling. Best part. So Ned, Ned is dead. Ned, Hooray. Ned dead. Yes, exactly. That was good. Ned dead. So then we go back to Alice, Brenda, and Bill, who have started to drink and smoke weed, which is also a no-no, as we know. And they're stripping, so just bad they're, news all around. They're doing the three things Randy says don't do from Scream. Randy! He does. Uh, no drinking, no drugs, and no fucking. Yep. But that they come out after this, so maybe, you know, they did, the rules weren't there for them to, them to follow, whether they would That's have or true. not. That's true. They had to die so that Randy could write the rules. That's true. He... They Annie helped him make his list. Annie hobbled away so that Randy could run. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. Anywho. <laughs> Thank you. So it's more back and forth. And then we go to Kevin Bacon, who is lighting a joint in bed because Marcy's gotten up to use the restroom. Okay. It, it and is... as he lights. No, 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 no. What? What? <laughs> We're cutting this out. Go keep going. What? What do you want to say? No, I was just going to say she goes to pee. But God, it is fucking like monsooning outside. Would you go out in that? Yeah. I know there's no bathrooms Probably in those not. cabins, but Jesus. 
I don't think that that's no, no, probably not. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. So that was not worth <laughs> derailing this for. <sighs> so Kevin Bacon is in bed and he gets a spear through the base of his neck and he just kind of chokes on his own blood and the spear and dies. Yeah. He gets like a little drop of blood and he's like, huh? He okay. looks up. Then he's like, that was a gruesome death too. Yeah. So then we cut back over to Marcy who's hanging out in the bathroom and she hears somebody and instead of being smart and going back to the cabin where she thinks other people are, she goes to investigate because obviously. And then she winds up with an axe in her face and dies. That was a pretty crazy scene. Like the way they mm-hmm. shot it, I didn't think they were going to show it. And then they did. And it was gruesome. It kind of makes it seem like it's just going to be a fade to black. But then they cut to her with an axe in her face and her eyes are just kind of rolled up at the ceiling. It was, it was, yeah, it was messed up. It was a lot. Oh, um, I have a fun fact that popped up randomly in Amazon. So I'm just going to tell it to you now. Apparently, Sally Field was offered the role of Alice, our final girl, but she turned it down. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Which is interesting. Sorry, it's just in my notes here. So I figured if I didn't mention it, I'd forget. So there you go. Fun fact. <laughs> so then... We head back over to Bill, Brenda, and Alice, who are still playing strip poker because they're very slow at Monopoly. Not strip poker, strip Monopoly. Strip, <laughs> strip poker would <laughs> to be To be easy. fair, no one has said those words in the same sentence yet. True. And then, like, the door blows open because it's super windy, and Brenda's like, oh, shit, I left my windows open in my cabin. Like, I'm going to leave and go shut my windows. And then she grabs a neon green rain slicker, does not put her clothes back on, and just trundles out into the literal monsoon that's happening outside. Yep. she pulls a Marcy. Okay. Half-dressed, just running in the rain. Yeah, stupid. Yep. And a Tina. Like, girls, put your pants on. <laughs> Tina. Cold outside. <laughs> yes. Then we cut randomly over to Steve, who's just, like, puttering around in a diner in town. Okay. Like, why? He he was so adamant about this getting this fucking place open, and he's just hanging out at a mm-hmm. diner getting hit on by some old waitress. Right? Lazy ass. And then he's like, oh, I gotta go because I left them up there by themselves. It's like, it is nighttime. You left them up there all day by themselves. Clearly, you don't give five fucks. Thank you. That's Steve. exactly my point. Exactly my point. Mm-hmm. So, well, whatever. He leaves. He starts driving up to Camp Crystal Lake. May, may I point out a slight red herring? Yeah. Steve's Jeep mm-hmm. looks exactly like the one that picked up Annie. It does. Yeah. And so you're like, is Steve the killer? He's been gone all day. He, he's kind of unaccounted for. Hmm. Although maybe I think that happened. That might have happened. I don't know. I, I'm not sure when he left the camp, but he was like you said, he was gone like all day. All day. Yeah. I saw that Jeep and I'm like, oh, my God, is that? the same one which we find out mm, later no but <laughs> we find out no that's a, i hadn't thought of it that way i thought of it more when she sees the jeep and assumes it's steve and you're yes. like oh well they look exactly the same right. like i could see what she thought exactly that. exactly but that's that's interesting i hadn't thought well it's probably because i knew who the killer was and me too from scream from scream when they kind of spoiled it for me all right, so um, then we flash back over to Brenda. This movie does a lot of hopping, mm-hmm. kind of like The Exorcist. Ugh, yeah. We hop around a lot. So back to Brenda, who is hanging out in our famous bathroom, because that's where everyone wants to hang out, apparently. <laughs> she starts to brush her teeth and get ready, and we see a hand kind of at the curtain, and we notice her notice something, but then she leaves, so she is safe for a little while longer. Yeah, she does what you said Marcy should have done. Just get the hell out of there. She fucking left. Exactly. And she lived mm-hmm. a little bit long. <laughs> Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then we cut over to Steve, who is stranded on the side of the road. Jeep dies. Jeep yeah. died. 
So uh, a cop picks him up and starts to give him a lift to camp. Mm-hmm. And then we're back over to the killer's point of view, who's watching Brenda through the window because nobody has curtains, apparently. No, no. This is another one of those things where it's just like, shut your windows, shut your doors, lock them, mm-hmm. and sleep tight. Lock those babies. That's right. I did think I that it was a very clever choice not to show us the killer for a really long time. I think that makes it scarier. It does. I think this is part of the reason they felt so drawn out, though, and long is like you don't really see anything until much later. Mm. So I I was that it true. was kind of a um, it was inter- I don't know if you could tell me this because I don't know. But is this like the first time a female was the killer? Um, No, no? I mean, okay. I mean, well, in I this era? there's some movies I don't want to spoil for you. OK, no, there's, there's older movies than this. So, OK, um, but it's it's definitely less common for sure. Right. I think maybe the director had that in mind like we can't show anything because it'll keep the surprise at the end yeah which it did yeah um absolutely. but it does draw it out like you say that's true mm-hmm. back over to brenda who's getting into bed getting ready to read and she hears a little kid's voice yelling help me mm-hmm. i don't know if she, like the killer had a tape recorder or what but it's just this little kid yelling help me help me over and over so Brenda, in all her genius, goes outside without a coat, without shoes, without a weapon, just in her nightgown and a flashlight. Yes. Yeah. Like, babe. She keeps going, hello, as if someone is, hello? Hello? Settle down. And then, yeah, she's running towards where she thinks the voice is, and someone turns the floodlights on, and it turns out she's in the archery course, which is where we first met her, which I kind of thought was funny that that's where she, not funny, but. Hilarious. Interesting? Yeah. Well, okay. Interesting that that's where she dies. Yes. Um, I just wanted to mention that Brenda was the wettest person on earth when the floodlights turned on. I, I don't mean that in a... Okay. <laughs> I don't mean it that way, sicko. No, it, it was just like the way the light hit her and like yeah. the amount of water they were dropping on her for that scene. It was Dumping like, buckets Jesus. on her. Yeah. She was just drenched. Like she was basically in the lake at that point. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. We also don't see her death. It's kind of off camera. Yeah, she just screams, and then we kind of switch over. Mm-hmm. So we go over to Alice, who's hanging out in the lodge with the fire going, and Bill has burst in because I think he was checking on the generator. I will say I think she actually was playing the guitar in this scene because she's just hitting open notes, and, it, you know, that's like the sound of a – just if you just strum a guitar like that. Oh. So she, the only person I think was actually playing their instrument. I thought you said Bill was playing his instrument too. I don't think so. And it, that he could serenade you. Oh, he could. But I, <laughs> the way that was shot, you're seeing the back of his hand, the back of the neck of the guitar. So you can't uh-huh. see him like fretting everything. But the way the notes were lining up, it didn't seem like he would should be where he was on the fretboard. So I don't think he was mm. actually okay. playing it. Interesting. Take that, Bill. Maybe Adrian King can actually play the guitar. Who knows? Adrian King, reach out and let us know. Let us know. So Bill decides to go and see what the sound was because Alice is like, hey, I heard a scream, and Alice decides to go with him. So they're doodling around outside in the rain trying to find out who was screaming, what's going on. And they head to, I don't know if it's Brenda's cabin. They head to somebody's cabin, and they find a bloody axe on the pillow, and they both have, like, no reaction except to be like, well, that's weird. Also, when she says, because Bill comes in and she says, Someone screamed and the lights came on. She didn't go check that out. Yeah. And then I said, you know what? She's actually the smartest one in the group for not doing it. I was like, anything. she's not dead. So, <laughs> but yeah, the bloody axe was like, um, usually you don't see those in beds with on a blood pillow. On them. 
Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there was like no reaction. So they go into the bathroom. They don't find anybody. Alice wants to call the police. Smart. Agreed. Very smart. So they break into the office, but they discover that the phone is dead. And so is the car that um, Ned, Marcy and Jack drove up in. Mm-hmm. And when Alice is like, what happened? Uh, Bill's like, I don't know. It's wet. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Thanks, Bill. <laughs> like, what? I just, in my notes, I just, in all caps, everything is dead. Everything. Mm-hmm. So we know this is like, you know, becoming the final showdown. We just got to get rid of one more character. I'm not sure which one yet, but mm-hmm. I have an idea. Gotta find out who our final person Based on is. that last comment. <laughs> yeah. So Alice wants to leave. She's like, let's go. Let's just start walking. I don't care. And like Bill gaslights her into staying. He's like, don't worry. Tomorrow we'll be laughing about this. It's fine. Nothing's wrong. It's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Famous last words. Famous last words. So then we flash over to the cop who is driving Steve up to the camp. And he's like, oh, it's crazy. It's Friday the 13th because I forgot this was all in one day. It's Friday the 13th and it's a full moon. Like crime is up. It's nuts. And then they start talking about Ralph. And he's like, oh, I saw Ralph up here. And his wife was worried sick until we brought him home. Crazy Ralph is married. There's really no hope for any single people in the world. If that motherfucker has a, a, a significant other... What is she like? I disagree. I think it shows a huge amount of hope for everybody. If crazy Ralph's ass can get married. Yeah, maybe I said that backwards. But still, Mm -hmm. it's just like, what the what? (laughs) It's in my notes, all caps. Crazy Ralph is married. I want to meet her. (laughs) Mrs. Ralph. Mrs. Ralph. Mrs. Crazy. (laughs) That's so nice. So. His last name. (laughs) True. Um, So the cop gets a call like hey i need you to respond to an actual emergency so he boots steve so that he can go um steve just starts walking to camp crystal lake and then we follow him as he greets somebody who's by the camp crystal lake sign and who turns a flashlight on in his face so we can't see them and then he's like oh hi what are you doing here and then goes because he ran into a knife or someone's knife yeah it's not clear he just launched itself you can't it kind of he died camera zooms in on his face and all of a sudden he's like has that look of surprise Let me just say, yes. little PSA here for everyone. Mm-hmm. If someone is flashing you, whether with a flashlight or not, and they don't respond to your calls, run away. Mm-hmm. Run away. Those boobies are not safe. You said flashing with a <laughs> flashlight or not. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> just, just trying to follow my your point, lead. My point is, if, if you, because he, he responded like he's like, oh, it's you. Which, yeah. oh, okay. Oh, my God. That's blowing my mind. That makes sense now. Because she used to work there. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's really brilliant. Okay. Holy yeah. shit. I'm doing all, all the jazz hands for Jack's real-time <gasps> realizations. It's glorious. Okay. Uh, okay. So someone cuts the power yet again. So Bill gets a gas lanterns for himself and Alice. And he goes out to investigate the generator. And Alice, like, just takes a snooze on the couch. Because, okay. Yeah. And before this, they were the smartest group because they were sticking together. Everyone else was killed by themselves. Like, it's because they True. split up and were not with someone. So, lo and behold, this is how uh, things bad things happen. Um, also, shouldn't the killer have just killed the generator at the beginning of all this? Like, why leave it on? Right. True. I think at this point I wrote down that my the movie is dragging because we just get yes. so much back and forth and back and forth right. of, like, the killer's perspective and they're hunting and nothing really happens. Yes, I agree. So Alice wakes up. She goes to the kitchen to make some instant coffee, which was kind of a, a okay. She jump scares herself awake. She does. She's like, what? 
Bill? Bill! So then she goes out looking for him. And finally something happens because she gets into the office and she finds him hanging on a door with three arrows in his body. He is very dead. So Alice is now our official final girl. He, yeah. If she can live. He is archeried to the door is what I wrote in my notes. He did. So she freaks out. She runs back to the lodge and barricades herself in. Okay. Yes. You just said we have now have our final girl. I was, I was, as I was watching this scene, I was like, we're about to have no one survive this because she, the first thing she does is she shuts the door and then gets a rope. And you're like, is she going to hang herself? She's so I thought distraught. that too. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, exactly. But no, she's smart. She's, she throws the rope over the rafters and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. here comes the news part. Nope. She ties it to the doorknob. So it'll like be really, really yeah. barricaded, I suppose. Uh, and then she proceeds to throw every fucking thing in that room in front of that door. Yeah, absolutely everything. <laughs> and we see the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Painfully slow. We see every object get pushed across the floor. Like, all right, we get it. And it's like, uh, there's windows. She... There's windows out there. Now, she does grab a bat, which I was like, yeah. okay, good. Yes, we got a weapon. Right. We've got a light in our other hand. Okay. And she tootles on into the kitchen where Brenda's bloody body falls out of the pantry. Again, this movie was so fucking dark. I couldn't even tell that was her. Oh, really? <laughs> I couldn't tell it was Brenda. No. I don't know if I watched like the extra dark version or something. I'm not sure what was going on, but Jesus Christ. It was so hard to see what was going on. I also kept like rehovering the mouse so I could see the actors to make sure I knew who it was. So um, maybe that's part of why I knew it was Brenda. Seems like a nice feature. Yeah. Rent on Amazon. Uh, but they're not sponsoring us, so whatever. Um, Fuck Amazon. Okay. Well, Alice has a meltdown, and she's like kind of... Which, it's a normal reaction, I get it, but she drops her weapons in the process. I'm like, no, she hold is, your weapons. She has quite the reaction to Brenda flying through that window. She's like slowly she's, crawling and like crying. It's taking her forever yeah. to get out of that room, which, you know, it's, it's traumatic. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lot. Um, But she does... This is Jack's point from earlier. She sees a car coming, which she assumes is Steve's car, and especially because they have the same Jeep. It's a normal reaction to make, like a normal assumption. Right. And this, so she runs out, and I actually really liked this reveal, um, because (laughs) she runs out and she meets Pamela Voorhees. And she doesn't really know who she is, but this lady's being very nice. She's like, it's okay, it's okay, it's safe. Like, I'll go check it out, don't worry. Like, she gaslights her a little bit, but in a way that I feel is pretty common for the 80s. Yes, because she's like, there are people dead inside. And Mrs. Voorhees is like, oh, I'm sure it's fine, honey. It's like, what are you I'm talking sure about? Fine. So something is uh, a little amiss here at this point. But she's uh, not older. She's like middle age. She's in like a little a fisherman sweater. Like she's dressed nice. So she looks safe. So I liked that misdirection. Right. Like she's not right. the person you would think you're supposed to run from. Exactly. Exactly. Pamela's like, I'm just going to go. Mrs. Voorhees is like, I'm just going to go take a look. And Alice comes with her because she's like oh i think you're gonna get murdered i'm gonna Mm -hmm. help and tremble behind you Mm -hmm. i guess so mrs Voorhees goes in sees brenda's body in the kitchen and pretends to be like really upset oh she's like oh these poor things she's talking about Uh all the dead people and it's like "Mm, this is sounding a little suspicious here and then she's like i told them they shouldn't have opened up the camp and alice is starting to get the ick she's like uh uh uh-oh and Mrs. Voorhees tells the story like, oh, did you know in 1957 there was a little boy who drowned and he drowned because the camp counselors were having sex and not watching him. And then I used to work here and I was the chef for the kids. I don't know. Yeah, I got the impression that Mrs. Voorhees would not be a pleasant mother. No. This, I think this is the beginning of helicopter parents. <laughs> this all started with Mrs. Voorhees. Mrs. Voorhees started this trend. <laughs> so then she's like, 
well, Jason was my son and today is his birthday. And Alice is fully like, I need to leave. You are not yes. a safe adult. <laughs> She's seeing the crazy eyes of Mr. Yes. Mrs. Voorhees. So. She's got some good crazy eyes. Yes, she does. Mrs. Voorhees has realized her little pretense is up essentially like alice knows she's not a safe person so then she just full-on tries to attack her with a knife oh well, let's 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 go back because um oh what i skipped she gets these the stupidest fucking flashbacks of jason drowning mrs Vor- <laughs> like it's it's like mrs Voorhees' face Aww. and it's like slowly fading in like jason drowning like help me mommy help, help me, me mommy. mommy and she's like i will i will help you by killing everyone and she like starts going crazy yes she does it's very funny well it's not funny but you have a weird sense of humor. Thank you. Fuck you. Anyways, um, uh, where was I? She says that she couldn't let Steve open the camp again. Right. Yes. She decides she can't let Steve open the camp again. So um, then she attacks Alice with the knife. Mm-hmm. But Alice, like, cracks her over the back with a fire poker oh, and yeah, runs out so the door. Good. But then she dropped it. <sighs> okay. I'm going to say this right now because it's we're going to get to this, but... This is the most drawn out fight. I feel like yes. this movie was just padded to make it to 90 minutes. Uh, seriously, they almost kill each other like 50 different times. Like, okay, we get it. They both had many chances to finish this. And did not. And I want to point my finger at Alice mostly. It's like, stop being, you know, like, oh, I got to get away. Just whack her with that fire poker. Just take her knife and stab. Do anything to stop her from coming back because you know she's going to. She's going to. So, But she doesn't. Um, We need to treat her like those little mittens they used to put on kids with, like, the strings attached so you couldn't lose the mittens. That's what we need to do for her weapons. Just, like, yes. glue them to her hands or something because <laughs> she can't hold on to them. No, no. So she runs outside. She finds the bodies of Steve and Marcy. She screams a lot, which, bro. Okay. She goes to the Jeep. Who's in the Jeep? Is that Marcy or Annie? It's Marcy. Annie, Annie's dead in the woods. Okay. That's weird, though. Why keep the body? With, like, Mrs. Voorhees. Know. There's something wrong with her. There are a lot of things wrong with Mrs. <laughs> Voorhees. Grabbing around with a dead body? What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> she starts screaming, which I can't stand. Like, I know it's a normal human reaction, but you have a literal... Crazy person running after you, trying to kill you. Like, shh, quiet. So then we see Mrs. Voorhees, who is talking to Jason in her mind, Ugh. or out and out loud, and she, kill her, mommy. Oh, yeah. I will, Jason. Kill her, mommy. I will, Jason. Like, oh, my God. 50 Shut times. up. Also, <laughs> how was she skulking around the camp and no one heard that the whole fucking time she's talking to herself? <laughs> it's just her over and over. Kill her, mommy. I will, Jason. Kill her, mommy. I will, Jason. <laughs> Like all of the people should have been forewarned that they were going to be dying because if they didn't hear all that. Right. So then um, Alice, she has a gun pointed at Mrs. Voorhees, who just keeps advancing on her. And Alice does not pull the trigger because Alice kind of sucks as a final girl. She well, and she's she finds that gun. But the, the I believe that the drawer that has the ammunition is locked. So she's like banging at it with the butt of the gun to try to open that. Oh, so I think the gun wasn't loaded. Well, then, like, take it by the handle and whack her over the head with it. Like, come on, babe. Oh, she does. Oh, she does. Well, she does, not with the gun. But yes, you're right, she does. So then Mrs. Voorhees just slaps her, like, this, four times. So This was so stupid. She bitch slaps her. But I have a note about this. So Betsy Palmer, who was who is the actress who plays Mrs. Voorhees, um, apparently 
was like a, a stage actress for a long time. So she was used to being in theater and like you actually have to hit them on stage. So she had to be pulled aside and taught like, hey, you don't actually have to hit her. We can we can fake that with like camera angles and noise effects. Because I think the first couple of times she was actually slapping her oh, in the that's face. That's so great. I would I would love like the next take is just like there's handprints all over her face. <laughs> I know, <laughs> just little red marks all over her poor little face. I, I just put so yeah. I, because this was this was so lame. The like mm. the like slapping in the face. I just said, come <laughs> on, fight back. She's an older lady. Aim for the hips. She doesn't fight back at all. It was... It's. Oh, so she lame. is frustrating to watch. Alice, we're talking about Alice was a Alice is frustrating, frustrating final. Yes, yes, yeah. It felt like she was walking that line of needing to be like the doe-eyed virgin who makes it out, but also like strong enough to kind of fight back. But I still don't want to hurt anybody. It's like, do you want to live or not? Yeah, this this goes to our we, when we talked about this in the uh, Wes Craven directed movies where he. Writes mm. his final girls where they're pretty much a badass throughout the movie, and you can pretty much yeah, you can identify out. them pretty early on. Um, mm. I didn't know who was going to be the final girl in this based on who we were following. Same. And Alice was kind of like mm -hmm. probably lower on my totem pole of like who I would have picked to live through this, but she does something cool here in a second. And she's getting attacked, getting attacked, and then she finally oh, yeah. takes the gun, the butt of the gun, and just whacks mm -hmm. Mrs. Voorhees in her hoo ha. Yeah, <laughs> yes, she did. And she's like. So that was pretty funny. I mean, it was effectual. It, it she worked. It worked. Then she smacks her again with the gun, and she's so she's now like laying in the ground in that garage that they went to. Yeah. And Alice doesn't pick up any other weapon. She just runs out of the building again. She just hauls ass. And Mrs. Voorhees gets back up and chases her yet again. Of course. So then we go into the kitchen, and Alice turns the lights off, and she hides in the pantry. And then Mrs. Voorhees breaks into the pantry and tries to hit her with a machete with the world's worst aim like, it is a tiny space. How did you miss her face? I don't know. I thought that shot, though, before, like, because Alice thinks she has got away. So she's hiding in the pantry. And Miss, Mrs. Voorhees comes in and then goes out. So it's like, she's like, oh, I'm safe. Yeah. And there's this cool shot of the light on, and it's silhouetting the pantry and Alice mm -hmm. um, from our view. It's I really like that shot. That was, that was a good one. Yes, I agree. And I was seeing light for once. <laughs> that, too. But I did like that Alice fights back and like cracks her in the head with a frying pan, like a cast iron frying pan. Yes, that was awesome. <laughs> and so she, Mrs. Voorhees is down on the ground. She's got blood on the back of her head. So we're like, okay, maybe this bitch is finally done. I, I wrote, but Alice, keep whacking finisher. That's what I wrote in my notes. I was going to say, but Alice doesn't double tap. No. She just kind of sneaks away. And then we see her in the field and she ends up down by the lake, by the boats. And she just kind of takes a moment to sit down and cry, which like fair, you've had a terrible night i get it you can but like cry maybe later. let's get in the boat yes. and cry later after we've like let's keep going but she doesn't do that and then a shadow comes up and mrs Voorhees isn't dead and then they keep fighting on the beach this is even lamer Still. than the bitch slapping scene there she's they're like rolling around oh. on the ground she like she like shoves alice's head into the ground it's so it's terrible <laughs> it, this is so bad <laughs> Yeah, they just... Okay, now I have a question because we like slow-mo in on Alice as Alice grabs a weapon mm -hmm. and it looked like she picked up a canoe paddle, but when Alice goes to hurt Mrs. Voorhees, she chops her head fully off of her body. So what weapon did she it, pick up? It looked like a machete. 
Okay. But it, I agree. Would a machete cut your head clean off? Oh, if you, what if it? you did it hard enough, maybe. I don't uh, know enough about machetes. I'm so. not speaking from experience. <laughs> right. No. Okay. I know a, I know a wooden oar wouldn't have done that. So uh, to your point, that that's no. what Alice had a wooden oar, and then um, Mrs. Voorhees like smashes it into pieces. So I thought she was diving for the oar too. So I was a little confused. But mm. let me tell you though, she. That that scene, I was not expecting that. But here is my question: uh, Wouldn't there be blood? Like, is it a heated blade because it like cauterized the whole wound, and her hands go like, mah, mah, and then she falls down dead. Mah, mah. <laughs> she did the like, chicken dance as she was going down. She did. She like claps her hands a little, like, mah, mah, and then dies. I. Uh, it was such a shocking because again that the lead up to that was just like, <laughs> like yeah. flailing T Rex arms, and all of a sudden it's just like. Mah. So I literally, like, audibly was like, holy shit. Clutched your like, pearls. No. <gasps> I can't afford that shit. <laughs> Clutched your glass fake pearls. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Mrs. Yeah. Mrs. Voorhees is dead. She about to say Doubtfire. No. <laughs> that would be a different movie. I know. Okay. Yes, I know that. <laughs> but that no, would be I hilarious if Jason was just dressed up as his mom. <laughs> the whole movie. Mm, true. Okay, or it wouldn't be hilarious. Let's keep no. going. <laughs> You're so saucy. Okay, anyways, uh, so Mrs. Voorhees is dead, and Alice gets into the canoe and rows away, and then she falls asleep in the canoe. Do you think this was a good move? To get in the canoe? No. Mm -hmm. The lake that I just heard about someone else is like, why? Why didn't you just start walking? Well, okay. Okay. But I don't know. I thought it was an interesting way to escape someone, even though clearly that person is not going to be coming after you anytime soon. True. Just like getting in the water where they can't get to you? Yeah. I could see that. I think it was the falling asleep on the lake for me that kind of freaked me out. Like, I could never do that, but I kind of have a thing about water, so. Can't sleep in a canoe? No, I don't think so. Mm. Although I haven't tried. Maybe it's great. Um. So she wakes up. Well, the next day, the police show up. She's on the lake. Her hand's kind of just drifting in the water. And then someone pops the boat over and tries to drag her down. And it's Jason. A deformed fish monster. A deformed fish monster named Jason. A little rotting boy named Jason. Named, named Jason. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, and then she wakes up again and she's in the hospital. Ugh. Yeah. I hate this trope. Yeah. Danger, danger. Then you wake up. Fuck that. That's so fucking lazy. It, yeah. So she's freaking out about, um, well, it's a little boy left alive. And they're like, what are you talking about? And she's like, oh, the Jason, the little boy in the lake who was trying to drown me. And they're like, we didn't find a little boy. Like, you're the only person that we found alive. We called your parents. Your parents are coming up. And then she just kind of does this thing where she stares off into the distance, kind of like Mrs. Voorhees. Oh, oh. And then, oh no. Does she have the Voorhees disease? And then we have like a very peaceful shot over the lake with piano music playing. And that's the film. Okay. Couple things. Yes. We're going to walk this back. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> so why is she so concerned about the boy? I don't know. It was a, like, couldn't she just think it was a dream? Right. Like, I don't know why. It's weird. She's she so like, like the boy. <laughs> she like weirdly wouldn't let it go. No. Second, that nurse looked like Taylor Swift. <laughs> Just like Taylor I, Swift. I guess I'll have to go back and look. I wasn't paying attention. She's Swift, Anne. Okay. So, also the music. 
Mm. Um, it was like a, it was almost like romantic. Yeah, the way it started off, it was really it did not fit the mood. No, um, but it has like this really cool sweeping phaser effect mm-hmm. on one of the instruments. So it's like this, you almost feel like you're underwater. It was kind of a cool effect and like maybe felt yeah. more aquatic than anything. So <laughs> well, and it really reminded me of Twin Peaks music. It was it's really weird. Oh, my partner yeah. loved that show. I didn't see Twin Peaks. But, um, I've seen a couple episodes. I mean, the intro to that show is extremely long, and that song reminded me of that. So it's it, if you watch one, oh, if you watch one song. episode, it just like it's really ingrained in your head. But I liked it. Isn't that like it's like a few guitar notes, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, it's like a cheesy '90s. I don't know how to describe it exactly. Maybe I'm. I don't, pretty, I don't know if we'll get into TV shows, but maybe one of those. Maybe I'm. Pretty sure that song was also on my Pure Moods soundtrack. Okay. I'm pretty sure, like, I'm Pure Moods is just like really into how, horror movie. How did they license all this? I guess maybe it came, it became famous after the fa- after that it was on this. I'm gonna look it up now because I'm pretty mm. sure. Okay. Okay. They had quite the bangers. Oh, I hate that. I shouldn't have said that. I uh, know. You can't stop saying it once they you start. They had a lot of slappers. Ew, that's worse. <laughs> slappers only. Come Slapper. on, GoldenEye fans, you know what that means. <laughs> oh, Twin Peaks theme. Yeah, it was on here. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> Pure Moods news knows where that. So no wonder that... you were I was so saying maybe that's why I like movies. horror movies. I think so. <laughs> it says a lot oh, about you. That's funny. I love that CD. I wore it out. You wore out the CD? Yeah. Well, did you have any other thoughts about me? You're talking about music. Yeah, that was it. Okay. <laughs> um, so it wasn't, I like some of the clever, I like how it's his mom. I think that was interesting. Um, I like how you don't really see her. And then once you do, it's definitely less scary. Mm-hmm. Although she, man. She's nuts. There's a lot of close-up shots of her teeth, which I did not appreciate. There's a lot of teeth <laughs> shots. Yeah. Kill her mommy. I will, Jason. Yeah, like. Is that on your good mood CD, too? No, it was not on the beer mood CD, just over and over. Kill her, mommy. I will, Jason. Uh, No, that was not on there. Only when you play it backwards. True. I haven't done that yet. That's a good point. Point, Walt. Kill her, mommy. Um, Like, this movie's fine. It's not my favorite, but I don't hate it. It's fine. I, I don't know. I'm not. I was not a fan. It was. uh, Yeah. I did like the twist that it was his mom. Like you said, mm-hmm. that was interesting. But overall, it is the long. It was took forever. It was so long for for being a short movie, and it felt like it was a long hour and a half. Yeah, it felt like they have forty five minutes of good material, and they're like, we gotta make this ninety minutes for a release. So they just kept padding it out with all Pad these like, bitch slap sesh fights and all this stuff. It's like, ah, this is terrible, terrible. Yeah, because some of it in there was like kind of funny or at least a little interesting. But mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with you. They felt like it was padded a lot. Um, all right, well, let's go on to the bar because my girl Alice has definitely earned a drink. Uh, yes, yes. I found one called the Camp Crystal Lake. Oh, yeah. How on the nose? How on the nose? All right, so she's a Friday the Thirteenth cocktail. We have one ounce of vodka, one ounce of rum chata, and two ounces of blue raspberry mix. Mm, and a floating boy. And a floating boy. <laughs> it's just a little like <laughs> boop, just throw them in the top. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that doesn't sound too bad. Now, um, have you had a drink that like that, like those ingredients? 
Because that, that doesn't sound too bad, actually. Probably in college, I had something mixed <laughs> like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of sugary like the... stuff, yeah, in there. And yeah. And like mask everything. But I, it sounds like it'd be, like, pretty tasty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, had a, I had a similar uh, drink to that. Um, mm. It's called Lake Water. <laughs> <laughs> it has okay. uh, coconut rum, pineapple juice, mm. and it also has blue curacao in it. Ooh, uh, yeah, so I think we're we're kind of okay. following the similar lines there with our taste there. So bumping them summer drinks. I guess mm-hmm. we're giving it to Mrs. Voorhees too. Like no, she doesn't get any. She doesn't have. She doesn't, get she doesn't have a mouth to put it in. <laughs> Just, Just pour it down her pour neck. Pour down the neck hole. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Gross. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Well, uh, we have definitely been slab happy this episode. It's been a good time. Jack, thank you for hosting with me. Absolutely, Sid. Oh, also, before we go, I forgot to mention, we do have an Instagram. So find us at uh, Final Femme Podcast. Get on the gram. Yeah, get on our gram. Uh, Also, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever your podcast players are served. Nice. Okay, that's all I got. You're good at this, Sid. Bye, everybody. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. Bye.